0: following is a podcast of Echo, a middle school ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, visit lifeatvictory.com slash middle school. Well, I'm glad that you guys are enthusiastic now. Good morning. Good. Woo! <laughs> if you are new here, I just want you to know that you belong and that you're family. So welcome to the family, because as a family, we want every single person to know God. We exist as a church and a youth group so that all people can realize that God loves them unconditionally. God loves you unconditionally. And if you don't know me, my name is Alyssa. And if you have never met me, please, after service, come up and introduce yourself because I would love to get to know you. And we believe that as you come into service and as you go through worship and as you're in small groups, that you are going to experience God on a whole different level than you never have before. And that it's going to be an intimate relationship with him so that you can go out and you can live for him. If you guys missed last week's podcast, I beg you, go back and listen to it. Ben spoke on tithes, and I know tithing, that sounds like a boring topic. I get it. But let me tell you, I listen, I tithe, I believe in tithing. And whenever he spoke, I was so impacted that it changed a lot of the things that Ben and I do and how we think about things. So if you don't tithe, you have to listen to the message. If you do tithe, you have to listen to the message. It is that good. So make sure that you go back and you listen to that. Okay, sorry. My mouth is dry this morning, so I don't want to make any weird noises. Uh, Also pledge cards. They are in the backs of the seats. So if you did not fill out a pledge card or if your small group isn't doing a pledge card, you guys are going to be doing that today in your small group. So make sure that you guys are pledging and that you are giving because the thing when we give our money, the money goes where we can't go. Money does the things that we can't physically go and do. So whenever we tithe, when we give, our money goes places that we can't go. So make sure we are doing that. We're still in Kingdom Builders. This is week three, and I know we've been talking a lot about money, and I know we've been talking a lot about finances, but we're going to switch it up today. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, that's really okay with you guys. Because being a Kingdom Builder isn't just about giving financially, but being a Kingdom Builder is, some, is who you are. It's something that you do. It's about living for Christ each and every single day. It's about saying, I'm going to live differently than the world. I'm gonna do things differently. I'm gonna be obedient to Christ and I don't care what the world is doing but I'm gonna do and live this way anyways because each and every one of you is a world changer. Each and every one of you is a kingdom builder and as you advance God's kingdom, you are going to impact the world in ways that you never thought that you could. So sit tight and come expecting because good things are coming. The truth is is that we all live in a day and an age that this world is kind of dark it's kind of icky. I'm sure you guys see things in your schools that you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. This is kind of strange. But guys, it's, this is just the world that we live in. And this isn't a season. This isn't pretend. This is the real deal. So I need you guys to be all in. Can you guys be all in for me? Yeah. Say amen. Yeah. <laughs> because you guys are the light of the world. You guys are the ones who are the light of the world. You're the church. You guys carry it. And as I was praying for this service, I saw you guys stepping into what God is calling you to do. I saw you guys becoming kingdom builders. I saw you guys figuring out what it is that God has for you and him showing you what that is. And whatever it is that's holding you back, you guys were stepping forward into it. So expect that's you today. Expect that whenever you leave this room, that you're not gonna be the same as whenever you enter this room. That when you leave this room, you are going to be a kingdom builder and that forever your life will be impacted and the lives around you will be impacted. Amen? So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this message and I thank you, God, that you um, are speaking to each and every individual in this room and that they are going to leave here changed forever in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to be reading from the message version today. So if you guys have the YouVersion app, I encourage you to use that. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen behind me. So the first uh, scripture that I'm going to do is 1 John two twenty through 21 And it says this, But you belong. The Holy One anointed you, and you all know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something you don't know, but to confirm the truth you do know, and to remind you that the truth doesn't breed lies. And I know we say this every week, and maybe it's getting stale, but I want you to know that the first thing that you need to know in being a kingdom builder is that you belong. And it's not just about belonging here in Echo, but it's about belonging in the kingdom of God. It's about knowing that you are a child of the living Christ, that he chose you, he handpicked you, he uniquely crafted you for gifts that only you have, and he wants you to carry those out doesn't matter if you've never given Jesus a second thought. It doesn't matter if you smoked weed last night, because I want you to know that he loves you. He wants you in his family, even if you haven't chosen him yet. He wants you to be a part of his family, but you have to be the one to choose him. In this world, a lot of places, it's easy to feel like we don't fit in, like people don't get us, like we don't belong, like nobody understands us. But that's not true in God's kingdom. And it's alive. When you you walk in those doors, if you feel like you don't belong, that's the enemy trying to attack you. Because you belong to a heavenly father. You belong to a kingdom that is strong and powerful. And he wants you in his family. The reason why you need to know that you belong is because when you know that you belong to God, you know that you have this big guy behind you backing you. You know that you're not going in it alone. You know that it's not just your strength, but it's God's strength that is carrying you through. You know that you have every power and all authority and all spiritual blessings that are coming up behind you, and you're not doing it alone because he is with you every single step of the way. You are not alone because you belong. When I was in high school, we had a powder puff game every fall. And if you guys don't know what Powder Puff is, that's when all girls play football. And a key detail to remember is that Powder Puff football, at least for my high school, was a no-contact sport. So there was no tackling. Remember that. So my senior year, it is expected that the seniors win. That's just kind of what happens. You've, you did it the year before. You're a little bit better as a senior, you're right. And... Um, Yeah, there's just that confidence. But not only did we as seniors have confidence, but the juniors also had confidence. And they definitely let us know about it. Weeks before the game, you practice with the football players. The football players would be your coaches. And so we were getting prepared. The juniors were getting prepared. And in school, the junior girls, they were so mouthy. They'd come up to us and they'd be like, you're going to eat our dust. This is the first year that the seniors are going to lose. And we were like whatever, but the reason why they were so confident is because they had what they thought was a secret weapon. It was this girl named Alicia, and Alicia was fast, and I know this because I ran track with her, and we were always competing against each other, but she was only a little bit faster than me, just so you know, just a little bit, and so I knew that she was fast. But I was like, I'm fast too. But they thought that she was so fast that we were never going to catch her. They thought that she was going to be able to dominate us with her skill. And so they would let us know about how great she was. But not only did they taunt the entire senior class, but they specifically targeted me. They targeted me because they wanted me to know that I would never be able to catch her. They wanted to get in my head and play mind games with me. So you can imagine that after weeks and weeks of hearing all of their you know, taunting and all their insults, I got kind of angry. So I decided without my coaches knowing or my friends knowing, I was going to run my own play. And again, remember, this is a no contact sport. So we were on defense and I was a corner. I don't know what that did, but at the time I knew what that was. So we're on defense. And they were on offense and Alicia, the fast girl, she was the quarterback. And so she goes ahead and she throws the ball. So when you throw the ball in football, you're supposed to follow it. And as when you're on defense, you're supposed to stop the other team from advancing. Well, instead of going that way, I ran full force this way towards Alicia, and I went... Boom! And I smacked her right to the ground on her back and it took her a couple minutes to get up. So holla at your girl. I should not brag about that. Do not do that. Do not hit people. It is not nice. I got in trouble, but it was kind of fun. But anyways... So, yeah, don't do that. But the reason why I did that is because for weeks and weeks and weeks, I kept hearing about how great she was and how she was going to get past me and blah, 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 blah. But you guys want to know why they specifically targeted me? They targeted me because I was a threat. I was a threat to them winning. I was a threat to them advancing. I was a threat to them succeeding. And they wanted to make sure that they got into my head and tried to make me think that I wasn't able to do something. And the enemy does the same thing. He comes to steal things that we already have. And I want to say this. I'm going to say this slower. The enemy doesn't come to steal what you don't already have. The enemy doesn't come to steal what you don't already have. So he's going to tell you that you don't fit in. He's going to tell you that you're not pretty, that you don't have friends, that you're not smart, that you're not talented, that you're not athletic. And he's going to tell you that because he wants you to think that you don't have that. But the reality is you already do have that. He's trying to get in your mind. He's trying to stop you from living the best life that you can live And He wants you to think that you can't do anything, that you can't make an impact, but the reality is, guys, you can make an impact. You can live a blessed life, so don't let him lie to you. I need you to stand back up to him, and I need you to say, no, that is not true. You are a liar. I have all power and authority. You will not run my life. I will stand firm on what God says, and I will not back down to what you have to say, so guys, my second thing is you need to stand firm. As you step into what God has for you, as you're advancing his kingdom, the enemy is going to target you. And I don't want you to be like, whoa, Alyssa, nobody said anything about being a target, No, no. I don't want that to scare you. I don't want it to freak you out because like I said, God is backing you. You have God Almighty on your side. He is in your corner. He created the heavens and the earth. He spoke things into existence. He took some dust and he made a person like, come on. He is on your side. So don't be afraid because he's already conquered everything that's going to come at you. Any obstacle that's going to come your way, he's already taken care of it. So he conquered it. So therefore you conquered it and you are victorious. So you, need to step into that and you need to stand firm. But I need you guys to be brave and fear not. And I know that that sounds easier than it is. But being brave isn't just about something that you think. It's not about something that you feel. But being brave is something that you do. We do brave. And in Echo, we are brave. We do brave here in Echo. We decide that we are going to take action, that we are going to be obedient, that we are going to listen to what God has called us to do, and we're not going to back down, but we're going to move forward because we are brave. Say, I am brave. So, guys, I need you to choose to be brave. You're not always gonna feel it, you're not always gonna think about it, but we can't just sing songs about it. We actually have to do something about it. So, today, you are choosing to be brave as you move forward. And I wanna tell you a little secret the best way to beat your enemy sometimes is to outlast them. And so, what that means is you stand longer than they stand. They might be trying to come at you with whatever, but you know what? When the enemy's coming at you, you just say, no, no, that's not true. That's not how it's gonna be. And you stand on what God's told you because God's word is true and he always comes through because his promises are yes and amen. Second Corinthians 6, one through four says this. Companions, as we are in this work with you, we beg you, Please, don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. Well, now is the right time to listen, the day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly. And let me break this passage down a little bit. So this passage is to the church. It's to the congregation. It's to people who are not in full-time ministry. And Paul, who is in full-time ministry, is writing this to them. And he's calling them companions. And what a companion is is somebody who works alongside of you. And he's urging them. He's pleading with them. Come on, you got to do God's work with me. I can't do this alone. And the reason why I want to point this out is because a lot of times people think pastors do 100% of the work. But that is a lie because the Bible says that the pastors actually equip you guys, equips the congregation to do the works of the ministry because you guys are the hands and feet of Christ. So I'm going to pause and some of you might be stunned thinking that, oh, pastors don't actually do everything. Yeah, that's true. Pastors don't do everything. You guys need to be doing your 100% and I'll do my 100%. But you guys are the ones that are going to be laying hands on the sick. You guys are going to be the ones that are in your schools, eventually at jobs, in your house. And you're going to be telling people about who Jesus is. You guys are the ones that are going to be doing the work. My job is just to help you do that. I'm here to equip you and and train you. So when you come here on the weekends, this isn't just a social gathering. Guys, I need you to be listening in the second row. Okay? This is for you. So this isn't just a social gathering. This is where you guys get trained. This is where you get equipped so that when you are at school and people are being mean and they're bullying you and they're peer pressuring you or when people are trying to talk to you about something that they shouldn't be talking to you about, you guys know exactly where you stand with things. You know how to handle things. You know the truce that you need to be standing on and you are not ill-equipped, but you know exactly how to be a light in your school and you're not just some Christian who people don't even know is a Christian. If that is true of you and you're like, people don't know I'm a Christian, I'm gonna ask you to ask yourself, why don't people know that? Something needs to change, guys. 1 Peter 4, 10, 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. So a couple years ago, Ben was trying to be sweet and he one of the gifts that he got me was he made these little coupons and on the and he cut them up took him some time he cut up these little coupons and on them were things that I could redeem that he would do for me like he would do the laundry He would, you know, let me go on a shopping spree, all these, like, fun things. And, guys, let me tell you, that was a few years ago, and those coupons are still sitting in my nightstand, never to be redeemed. I never got the blessing from them. I never got to use them. And whenever I tried to use them two months ago, he told me they were expired. So you need to talk to him. You need to set him straight. Yeah, you talk to him. You tell him that they are not expired. He's the one who gave them to me, so... (laughs) But so many times we have, as a church, we have all these gifts that God laid on the inside of us and they sit there like my gift sat in my nightstand. They're not a blessing to anybody. Nobody even knows about them. Nobody can even see them. Nobody got to experience them because we don't do anything with them. We don't even acknowledge them. We don't let them grow. We don't fan them into flame. And did you know that you guys have a gift? Each and every single one of you. And in order to be a kingdom builder and advance God's kingdom, we need to use the gifts that we've been given. They are there for a reason. Each of you are an original, unique expression of who God is. He wrote your story from the beginning to the end with life letters, with love, things that the Holy Spirit wants to bring your story to life. He wants to quicken your pages. He wants your story to come alive today. But you guys have to choose to partner with the Holy Spirit in order for your story, in order for your life to come alive and to come into effect. But it is up to you to do that. God's already given you everything. He's saying, okay, here you go. Now you've got to take it and run with it. But it's up to you guys to pick up the gifts that he's given you, to take the resources that he's given you so that you can move forward in what your life is and what he's called you to do. In 2 Timothy 1.6, it says that we are to fan the gifts that he's given us into a flame. What that means is this. So, if you've ever had a fire and the fire burned down to just cools, and it's these hot embers that are just sitting there, but there's no flame anymore. So, what it means is that you take those hot cools and you add oxygen to it, you add kindling to it, and it makes it this big fire. You make it grow. That's exactly what He wants us to do with our gifts. He's given us that little deposit, but it's up to us to feed into it. It's it's up to us to acknowledge our gift, and it's up to us to grow that gift into what he's called it to be because only we can grow that gift on our own. So you need to take that gift, and you need to grow it and fan it into flame. A couple of years ago, I worked at an agency where most of my coworkers were not Christian. So I heard a lot of colorful language, I heard a lot of strange beliefs that were very different from my own. But thankfully, I was able to get along with my coworkers. And I had this one coworker in particular that I was extremely close with, and her name was Susie. Now, Susie was also not a Christian, but she, we, her and I got along so well because she was extremely sarcastic, and I love sarcasm. So if you're sarcastic, I want to hear it after service. Tell me all your jokes, whatever you have to say. I love it. So her and I, we really got along. She was always making me laugh. She called me her office daughter. I called her my office mom. We, we talked all the time. It was great. But then there was this one day that Susie called me into her office, and she shut the door. And I knew that this was serious because Susie's not a serious person. She was a very personal person, so I didn't always know what was going on in her life. But she I sat down and she looked at me and she said, "What is my purpose here on this earth?" And I was shocked. Because that's such a big question. And for a 40-something-year-old woman to be asking a 20-something-year-old woman, you know that she is struggling with something. So that question, hopefully I answered it right. I don't even remember what I said. But it led to her telling me that she had stage 4 cancer. And my heart broke in a million pieces because for anybody, that is the worst news that you can get. But for somebody who doesn't know Christ, I was even more sad for her because I knew that she didn't know the healer. She didn't know the one who could set her free. She didn't know the one who could comfort her through all of this. She had no idea that there was somebody out there that could actually help her more than any doctor ever could, and she had no clue who he was. And my heart was so broke. And even though I didn't get to talk to her about Christ in that exact moment, that conversation led to many conversations. I continued to pour into Susie Whether she wanted it or not, I was talking to her all the time. I was giving her resources. I was giving her podcasts. She would ask me questions. Sometimes she'd tell me I was crazy, which was fine. But I continued to pour into Susie's life. But she never really gave me feedback. I had no idea what kind of impact or if any impact I was making on her. All I knew was that Susie had to know about the one true God who could actually help her and could actually save her. So over time, I continued to do this, tried and tried and tried. And finally, Susie couldn't come to work anymore. The chemo had withered her body, body away so much that she could not physically make it into work because she had to sleep all the time. And so I didn't get as much contact with Susie. And I was always thinking about her, you know, wondering how she was doing. But then one day, I got a thank you note from Susie. And in the note, Susie told me, thank you for being there. Thank you for being that support. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for helping me through this. And in her own words, she told me that she had given her life to Christ. And I was so excited. Yeah, that was, it was the best moment because I knew no matter what happened, no matter what happened with the cancer, that someday Susie was gonna be in the presence of God, that someday Susie was gonna be with Jesus and that she knew Jesus now and that he could be the one to help her and that she wasn't on the path to hell anymore, but that she was on the path to heaven because guys, eternity is real. And I'm so glad that I got that note because not too long after that, I got the phone call that Susie had passed away and it broke my heart because she was my dear friend sorry. But I'm so thankful that she's in heaven. And I know that I get to see her again someday. So guys, eternity is real. This isn't a game. Every single person that you come in contact with, they are even on their, on their way to heaven or they're on their way to hell. And some of them You don't know them, but some of them are your loved ones. And we might be the pivot point. We might be the turning point that takes somebody from going to hell that takes them to heaven. You guys have that impact. You guys are the light. You guys are the light of the world. You guys, every person that you come into contact with either is going to heaven or they're going to hell. And you guys can make a big difference. So don't think that you can't because you have everything you need to make an impact on those around you. So I want you guys to ask yourself this question. If every Christian was like me, if every Christian gave like me, if every Christian prayed like me, if every Christian came to church like me, if every Christian um, spent time with God like me, if every Christian talked to people about Jesus like me, how impacted or not impacted would the world be? I want you to sit with that. If every Christian was like you and did exactly what you did, How impacted or not impacted would the world be? And I ask you that because I asked myself that question many years ago, and I realized I wasn't hitting the mark. I realized that I could be doing more, that there was more within me, that I could be giving more, and that I was letting God down because I wasn't living to my full potential, and I don't want that for you because each and every one of you has a complete potential. If I would have gotten my mind around this in middle school— Guys, I would have changed so many lives, and I want you guys to get this because you can change your schools. All we need is one person to be like Jesus and to change their school. You guys have that ability. He's put you there for a reason. You guys are on this earth for a reason. You're here at this time for a reason because you have what it takes to make an impact in this life, in this today. So don't think that you can't. We are warned in 1 John 2, 15, 17. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love of the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear more important, it has nothing to do with the Father. Guys, we have to be different from the world. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter what others view you as. And I know your life is all about, what do people think about me? I'm going to answer it for you. Who cares? There is one person that you have to answer to for the rest of your life. And if you're not living up to his potential and his standard, you are missing the mark. I know our culture makes it hard for you because social media is so... That's how I feel about it. It is all about look at me. Look at how I look. Look what I bought today. Look at my friends. Look at me, 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 me. Quit pointing to yourself. If you point to yourself, you're not pointing to him. You can't save anybody. You can't heal anybody. It's God who does it. So if you keep pointing to yourself, they are missing out on the one true savior. We are not the savior. He is the savior. So if we continue making people look at us, they'll never look at him we can't look the same way the world looks. If you're complaining all the time, if you're bitter, if you're angry, if you're jealous, if you're mean, if you're judgmental, if you're any of those things, I know we all struggle. But guys, if that's how you constantly are, nobody's gonna wanna be a Christian. Nobody's gonna wanna do that if you look just like them, but then they feel like you have all these rules added on top of it. We have to be different. We have to shine his light. The only reason why Susie came to me and she told me was because I was different from everybody else. I always had a smile on my face. I had a joy about me that nobody else had and she knew that she wanted whatever it was that I had and so she came to me. So if, you don't, if you're not showing Christ in that way, nobody's gonna know that they can come to you. Nobody's gonna know that you have the answer. So if we're gonna be all in and I want you guys to be all in, we can't have anything else that is taking that place in our heart. Our focus must be God and God alone. He alone is the most high. He alone is holy. But you guys are kingdom builders and i want you walking out of here because, knowing that you have all power and authority and ability you guys have the ability to make an impact you know the one who has all the answers he is on your side and he is for you he is not against you if he asks you to do something he's going to come through for you because he's asked you to do it and he just wants you to be obedient and trust him Guys, this isn't a drill. This isn't a game. This is the real deal. You don't have to be a kingdom. You don't have to wait till you're in your 20s to be a kingdom builder. It starts today. The only time that we're guaranteed is today. So if you're not using today wisely, then you're not going to use tomorrow wisely. You're not going to use the next day wisely. You have to start somewhere. And so I'm telling you, it's starting today in Jesus' name. So I want you guys to stand up on your feet. We're not done yet. I want you guys focused. We're going to go back into one more song of worship. There's going to be prayer partners on the side, so I encourage you to go to them. But as we're in that song of worship, I want you guys to be asking God, what is it that I can be doing differently? And what is it that is holding me back? Two things. I'm going to speak this scripture over you. So everybody lift your hands and believe this for yourself. So now Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son Jesus. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the Word of God with unrestrained boldness. So you guys are gonna leave here and you're gonna be proclaiming the Word of God with unrestrained boldness you are so good before you guys go into your small groups we're going to do one more thing and so maybe there's some of you in here who've never given your life to christ maybe jesus isn't somebody that you know yet you haven't really experienced him well, i want to give everybody the opportunity to give their life to christ so i want everybody to be still in this moment this is the most important part of our service so everybody bow your head and close your eyes. And if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ and you're not really sure about this whole Christian anything but you're willing to take that next step, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. It's between you and it's between God. Go ahead, raise your hand. And once you raise your hand, you can go ahead and put it back down. A couple hands going up. This is awesome. I'm going to wait one more moment. Awesome. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray this out loud with those who raised their hand. So I need you to repeat after me. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. In Jesus... I receive you to be my Lord. I'm a child of God, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for those who gave their lives to Christ. If you were one of those who raised their hand or should have, I need you to text CHANGE to 97000. And if you don't have a cell phone, come find me, and I'll make sure that you get the devotional. I love you guys, and you guys can go ahead into your...